Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. Happy Wednesday, Edwin. Happy Wednesday. We're going to talk a little bit more about Psalm 38. And I want to. I want to talk today about kind of maybe backing some things up. I feel like after yesterday's conversation, I could take that and be, well, you know, it's okay to sin. No biggie. I'll just take it to God. God even lets me be kind of kind of bold in, in asking him not to punish me completely. Um, for the record, we did not say that We at did all. not say that. That's not <laughs> what that said. But, but I could see how someone might try to take it that way. I'd like to back it up, and let's look at what this psalm says about the consequences of sin. All right, we'll back that up then. <laughs> Psalm 38, <laughs> New Living Translation. I get the feeling you don't feel the same way about yesterday's episode as I do. So. I thought it was pretty solid. I didn't think we were given license to sin. <laughs> well, I, listen. We were talking I, about the wrath of God on sin. I don't think that we gave license to sin either, but I know how sinners think. Okay. Psalm of David, asking God to remember him. Mm. O Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Your arrows have struck deep and your blows are crushing me. Because of your anger, my whole body is sick. My health is broken because of my sins. My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and stink because of my foolish sins. I am bent over and racked with pain. All day long I walk around filled with grief. A raging fever burns within me and my health is broken. I am exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. You know what I long for, Lord. You hear my every sigh. My heart beats wildly. My strength fails, and I am going blind. My loved ones and friends stay away, fearing my disease. Even my own family stands at a distance. Meanwhile, my enemies lay traps to kill me. Those who wish me harm make plans to ruin me. All day long they plan their treachery. But I am deaf to all their threats. I am silent before them as one who cannot speak. I choose to hear nothing, and I make no reply. For I am waiting for you, O Lord. You must answer for me, O Lord my God. I prayed, don't let my enemies gloat over me or rejoice at my downfall. I am on the verge of collapse, facing constant pain. But I confess my sins. I am deeply sorry for what I have done. I have many aggressive enemies. They hate me without reason. They repay me evil for good and oppose me for pursuing good. Do not abandon me, O Lord. Do not stand at a distance, my God. Come quickly to help me, O Lord, my Savior. It occurs to me that often when we are in temptation and when we sin, uh, there's a moment that we're living in and a moment that we're thinking about. And we're not giving much thought at all to the moments and days after. And that sin can can affect things we just don't even realize, maybe on down the road and further in our life than, than we could ever, you know, ever ever think through. Uh, that's how powerful and damaging and damning sin is. We were kind of um, bantering back and forth a moment ago about yesterday's conversation and where people might take it. But the thing that I think we also need to see in this is, yes, when I sin, I can go to God. Yes. I can go to God, and he will forgive me. But that doesn't mean my sins don't matter. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean there aren't consequences. And that doesn't mean what I can sit back and say is, sin is no big deal. That's why Jesus died. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's one of the things that is so frustrating. What this points out is that, look, if you truly, truly repent, 
Mm-hmm. You are not going to look back at your sins and say, well, man, I'm glad I at least got to get away with that one before I finally turn to the Lord. Yeah, that's a great point, uh, that the sacrifice of Jesus, there was nothing cheap or easy about that, and that really needs to tell us about the terrible severity of sin. There's nothing to glory in in sin. It is godly sorrow that produces repentance. Yes. And that's the kind of sorrow that looks at our sin and understands, this is this is a bad thing. I did a bad thing. I wish I hadn't done that. I'm not... I'm not happy I got away with that before I got caught. I'm not happy I got away with that before I decided to turn. It is a bad, bad thing. And what Psalm 38 does is while providing us the comfort that says, I can always go to the Lord and seek his forgiveness when I'm one of his covenant people, I can turn to the Lord and find forgiveness even when I've committed sin. It's still very honest about here's what sin does. It is an argument against sinning. Absolutely. No doubt. So I want to walk through just some yeah. of the things I see in this psalm that that we find out about sin. Namely, what I learn is that sin really messes up my relationship with the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. The, the final statements, while it's wonderful that David gets to pray in this moment, forsake, don't forsake me, uh, don't be far from me, make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. And he can trust that God will do that. There's a reason why it's couched in this language. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that, well, because I forsook him, there's a distance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a distance now. Mm-hmm. And so the, the matter of repentance, let me just say, you know, again, we can look at this and say, well, but anytime God will restore that relationship and it'll be okay. However, when I'm truly repentant and I see what happened, I realize, look at all this wasted time. This time where my relationship with God could have been deepening, this time where God and I working together could have been accomplishing great things for his kingdom, and instead I wasted that. I turned away, and and that's that's a mess. Yeah, and it's not God that moved. No. God didn't leave me. I was the one that left him. I'm the one that fell away. I'm the one that created this distance and chasm. And so, yes, lost time with God, lost time doing, doing right things, and it's my fault. God didn't fail me. I failed God. And instead of being able to use me as an instrument for his righteousness and his glory, God's having to stop, take a break, turn back towards me, and bring me to repentance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And again, once I start realizing that's what my sin does, it does not cause me to look back. I'm just going to keep saying it this way. It does not cause me to look back and say, boy, I sure am glad I got away with that sin before God drew me to repentance. I'm just, I'm sure I'm glad I sinned. Yeah. It's, you know, what, what, what I'm seeing here is consequence after consequence to, like you said, make the case against sin. You really don't want to be in this situation mm-hmm. and you don't want to be in this situation any, any longer uh, than, than you may be as, as you're humbled and repent and return to God. So in verse 11, mm-hmm. It talks about how this sin has evidently impacted the relationship with friends and family. Mm. It says, my loved ones and my friends stand aloof from my plague, and my relatives stand afar off. Uh, Those also who seek my life lay snares for me. He talks about the enemies there. We'll get ahead to that. But David, or we'll get to that in a moment, but, but David here is showing that there is an isolation from loved ones. I have made a mess in the relationships to the people that that mean the most to me and I I will tell you that it that's a painful thing when you realize that your error in your sin has brought harm to your family brought harm to your friends um you know 
It's like the, the people that are closest to you, and yet you, you hurt them the most, you disappointed them. It's a wretched thing. I know that we can get caught up in a debate about this passage. Oh, are the friends and the family and the nearest kin, the companions, are they behaving appropriately? They shouldn't stand aloof from this person just because of the plague that's going on in their sin. And I just think that's the wrong question for me to answer hmm. or, or excuse me, to even ask. Yeah. That's the are, are they wrong for standing aloof from me? Maybe they are. Here's what I need to understand. When I turn to sin, mm-hmm. that's ultimately what's going to happen. I was pushing them away. Right or wrong for them, they're going to end up standing aloof. My sins are going to cause that. Mm-hmm. Now, look, it's between God and them whether the way they're reacting is right or wrong. God God will take care of If that's sin for them, they're going to have consequences just like I'm dealing with consequences in my sin. What, what I think we need to see here is that when I sin, it's going to impact these relationships. And when I repent... It doesn't just automatically make all those relationships okay. Maybe it should. Maybe everybody out there is supposed to respond to me just like God does when I repent. But I just need to understand I'm dealing with people. Yeah. And and they're going to stand aloof. And I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be, oh, you know, I'm glad I at least got to get that sin in because I'm going to be living with the repercussions. Well, and I think about the harm done to relationships, whether intentional or not. I think about the old illustration of you take some uh, nails. Mm nail them into a post we'll pull the nail out okay the nail's gone but how's the post yeah you know and it's it's got the hole in it there and uh and so some things take a lot to repair there's a third consequence for relationships that i see here in verse 12 those who seek my life lay their snares those who seek my hurt speak of ruin and meditate treachery all day long we get down to verse 19 but my foes are vigorous they are mighty and many are those who hate me wrongfully those who render me evil for good accuse me because i follow after good my sins it 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 gives ground to my enemies it gives yeah. ground to the enemies of god I don't want to say, you know, with the other ones, we're talking about how it messes up the relationship. Well, the, the enemy relationship's just already messed up. Yeah, right. But but what my sin does in that case is it gives them reason to discredit me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that is a concern and one that David has dealt with in other places that that in his sin, it gives the cause of the enemies to blaspheme God. Look at how God's man has fallen. Look at how God's man has failed. And so they speak against him, but they speak against his God as well. It reflects poorly upon God. And so it gives them occasion, gives the enemies occasion. And this is this is regrettable. This is upsetting. I, I think in terms of Christians, you know, we're trying to set an example to be light, to be salt. And yet when the world perceives that a Christian, particularly a Christian leader, you know, a minister, someone that has a platform, they're involved with moral failure. They're involved with criminality. I mean, they're they're sinning. They are not what they ought to be. They are not what they ought to be. And they jump on all that and say, that's why I'm not a Christian. It's just nothing but hypocrites. And it's more than just recognizing a sin and a fault uh, and, and recognizing that that needs to be corrected. That is wrong. They say the whole religion is bunk. Mm. They speak and blaspheme against the Lord because of it. And they are wrong for that, and I know they're wrong for that. But what's the point of getting caught up in the debate of whether they're right or wrong for their response to that? Let me just recognize that when I finally come to repentance, I'm not going to be happy about all that ground I ceded to the enemy. No. Uh, and and I yes, I still need to come back to the Lord. Don't don't yes. stay away from the Lord just because of this big mess up you've done with the enemies. But l- listen, when I'm making the choice about whether or not I'm going to sin— 
when I'm making the choice about whether or not I'm going to sin, I'll get it out clearly. I want to choose God. Absolutely. Final thing. Okay. It's the relationship with self. Okay. Sin blows up my relationship with self because when I truly understand my sin, it does bring the sorrow. And of course, it may be that God specifically brings discipline upon me in the form of illness or in the form of enemies or in the form of these messed up relationships, or it may just be my own recognition. I know this, and I've said this before, I will say it again. I can personally say, yes, when I have sinned, it's been moments of pleasure and fun. If it wasn't fun, I wouldn't have done it. I don't go do things because they're not fun. Right, right. Okay. So it was fun. It was pleasurable, whatever it was. But there's not a single sin that I have ever committed in my life that I look back on and say, you know what? I'm glad I did that one. Yeah. Boy, I'm glad I got to get that one in before I repented. There's not a single one because I look at how it's messed up my relationships and I look at how it's even just messed up my own, my own walk, my own, my relationship with myself. It's a struggle. And we see that here. To that verse eight, I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. Um, just to go along with what you're saying there, how, how sin makes a wreck, a wreck of everything. Yeah. The idea that I'm going to sin for a little while and then I'll repent and I'll get the best of both worlds. It's just bogus. Yeah. It's bogus. It doesn't work like that. When you truly have the godly sorrow, you will not be excited about any of those sins. I know I'm not, I'm not excited about a single one of them. If you need some help, if you need some help turning to the Lord so that you can resolve this sin situation, please let us know. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. We would love to talk with you about this. We would love to help you. We've received that help from God. We want to pass that along. We, we want to hold both of these things in our hands, and that is that when I sin, I can turn to the Lord, but that doesn't mean let's just go off and sin. We want to help everyone we can walk in this balance of serving the Lord and finding forgiveness where we need it. Give us an email. We'd love to help you. Right now, we're going to end with prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for the day. Thank you for your graciousness. Thank you for your word in Psalm 38 that helps us to to read through and, and understand and hopefully, Father, prepare our hearts to resist temptation today, to see how awful sin is, how destructive it will be in so many ways, and so, God, to resist temptation. And thank you, Father, for the encouragement of this psalm that If and when, regrettably, we fail, we would turn to you. Father, we don't want to play any games about this at all because you are holy and righteous and loving and merciful, and we are so thankful for that. And so, God, we trust you. We want to follow you righteously today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.